Will you trust God to take away your fears? Will you trust God to never let go? Will you trust God to catch you when you fall? Will you trust God even when it doesn't add up? Well, good morning, church. How are you? Good to see all of you, and we're glad you're here. And yeah, let me take a deep breath. <sighs> Feel better? This girdle's driving me nuts. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, two more weeks, two more weeks, and she goes away. I don't know how you women did it back in the day, but all right. Well, 1 Kings, if you got your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings chapter 17, and um, we'll be there for, for uh, most of the day. And then also turn to 2 Kings uh, chapter 4. Uh, and that's where we'll be. So if you want to go ahead and get ready there, mark your Bibles. Uh, I do need your help. So uh, a lot of you have been asking about the Backpack Bless. We've been doing that for the last few years. And so uh, a lot of you have been asking, do we need backpacks? No, we don't need backpacks. We've got uh, plenty of backpacks uh, between last year and some donations that have come in through the year. Uh, but we do need gift cards. So uh, over the last few years, we basically used to stuff the backpacks full of supplies, but those supplies are changing, especially with everything that's going on in today's culture and COVID and all that stuff. So, so now what we're going to do is we're just going to put gift cards in there. So let them buy their supplies because every age, every class, every school is a little bit different. It gets a little complicated to make it consistent. Does that make sense? So just bring in gift cards, drop them in the offering or uh, containers, uh, boxes by the office or by the doors, or drop them off at the office and we'll get those to the kids. But we're going to be handing them out uh, soon. So uh, if you could do that. And uh, for those of you, we need some help uh, picking and doing things at the farm. And so sign up this week or today, right after service, just go to Info Central, they'll get you signed up. But uh, we need your help. It's going to be next or this Saturday coming up. Uh, and so I would be right there getting my hands dirty with you. Uh, many of you know my grandma passed last week, and so I'm doing her funeral. Uh, so I'll unfortunately miss, but, uh, but we want to go bless Cherry Valley. They've never uh, asked for this. Uh, I, they don't know us. We don't know them. So let's just go be Jesus to them. So let's get our hands dirty, do some picking, get some things cleaned up for them, and just uh, show Jesus in a way that they don't expect. Is that a good thing? All right, so get signed up. We'll, we'll need to, to get them some numbers soon. So if you could do that for me, that'd be great. Uh, all right, we've been in a series called The Widow's Trust or A Widow's Trust. And, and so we've been, we've been talking about uh, a widow. So if you were with us last week, if this is your first time here, uh, if you're online or you're here with us in the room, uh, you can jump right in. Uh, but I'll give you a quick recap, get you caught up, uh, and then you can, you can jump right in. But uh, we've been looking kind of at a couple widows in the scripture. And so uh, one of them was last week. Uh, there was a widow with Elijah. And so today's gonna be very confusing, and I think God has a great sense of humor. So we're going to talk about Elijah, Elisha. Difference, just a couple letters, all right? So Elijah with a J and Elisha with a SH in the middle. So don't get them confused. Uh, but last week we talked about Elijah with a J and how he met a widow. And if you were with us, uh, there, was a, there was really a, a huge drought in the land. And so to catch you up and get you up to speed, there was a huge drought. And really the drought started because of a king that was over Israel. He was a terrible king. He was awful. His name was, uh, was King Ahab. And, and he was just, he really wanted to uh, provoke the Lord to anger. And so uh, I just want to, if, if you can remember anything from this message, you can provoke the Lord to anger, but you won't win. Trust me, all right? So that was his job and his mission. And so the Lord sent a drought over the land and it was at the word of Elijah as he spoke, the drought started. And as he spoke again, the drought would end. And so that's kind of how it all started. But during this drought, uh, Elijah was being fed, if you were with us last week, by ravens. Uh, we told you about this <laughs> Uh, strange but divine miracle and how these ravens were dropping off meat in the morning and at night. And then he would drink from the brook until the brook dried up. There was no more water because of drought. So, so we know the drought went on for some time for a brook to dry up. That takes a while. Uh, and in that process, he met the widow. Uh, and so when he met the widow, uh, the widow was 
really, uh, she was in the middle of the drought too and didn't have much food, much resources left. And as you heard last week, God multiplied her resources. She had a little bit of handful of flour and a little bit of oil. That was the title of the message last week. And God multiplied that miraculously, supernaturally. And so that's kind of where we're at uh, in the series. And so we're gonna start with that same widow. Uh, so imagine she's probably on a mountaintop, right? If you've ever had a miracle, and I, and I know, uh, and we'll talk more about this this week. Last week, I told you many people will say, I've never had a miracle happen in my life. Uh, you know, uh, but if you've ever had a miracle happen in your life, it's a mountaintop moment, isn't it? It's just, it's amazing. I mean, if your flour and oil was just filling up, you know, God was just filling it up. There's no reason, no rhyme. It just would poof appear. Uh, I think you'd have a, a pretty big testimony, wouldn't you? You'd be telling people all about it. And so that's kind of what was happening with this widow. Uh, but he did that for, a few, for days. For days, he was filling the flour, he's filling the oil. And then after that, this unimaginable tragedy happens. And that's kind of where we're at in, in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 is this tragedy strikes and, and uh, really strikes her family. And she goes from a mountaintop to a valley very quickly, very quickly. And so let's read about it first and then we'll, we'll jump right in. But uh, that's the title of the, uh, the message, The Unimaginable, but we'll start with The Unimaginable Tragedy starting in verse 17 of uh, 1 Kings 17. It says, uh, it says this, sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse. And finally, he died. Then he said to Elijah, O man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my son, sins and kill my son? I don't know about you. If you've got kids, anybody got kids? So, I mean, I have one son. Imagine losing, uh, for me, my only son. But for this widow, she lost her only son. I mean, she just walked out of a miracle, and then she walked into this unimaginable, unthinkable tragedy. I don't know how you would respond if that was you, and, and maybe you've been through a situation like that. Maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you've been through a deep loss like this, but you know, uh, I can't comprehend her emotions, her thoughts, holding it all together. But uh, her response, and by the way, uh, I just wanna talk about her response as a widow real quickly. She said to Elijah, oh man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come to point out my sins and kill my son? Now, this would not be an unfair statement because King Ahab just, there's a drought because somebody sinned. There's a drought because King Ahab was provoking the Lord to anger and intentionally doing that, and God brought a drought. And you know, it wasn't just for the king. The whole land felt that consequence. And so for this widow to say, hey, are you here just to display? Are you, are you here because of my sins? Uh, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been through something difficult, and maybe you've had this conversation with the Lord, is, is there something I've done? Is it a sin? Is there something in my heart? Is there, is there anything? Jen and I have had this conversation before when we've went through things. You know, so it's, it's not a wrong heart for her to say something like this. In fact, uh, it's actually a good thing. If, if, you know, I don't know about you, but if I'm doing something that's not what the Lord wants me to, I want to change that. But many times, many times, and this isn't always the case. Of course, things have happened because people have sinned. I get it. You'll find that in the scripture. But you'll also find in the scripture where it's not connected at all. We live in a fallen world. People die. None of us are guaranteed to live on earth forever. We're guaranteed to live with Jesus forever if you're saved and you're, and you're a believer. But you're not guaranteed to live on this planet for earth, on earth forever. And I, I messed this up first service, so we'll see if you catch it. You're not guaranteed to be resurrected. you are guaranteed to be resurrected, right? And you're not guaranteed to be resurrected. 
right? God doesn't resurrect every person on earth like Lazarus or like this boy. He doesn't resurrect everybody. Every person that dies, he doesn't resurrect and give them a few more years. Now you will, as a believer, if you're following Christ and you're a follower of Christ, you will be re resurrected at some point. All of, all believers will be resurrected. And so there's this huge dichotomy of, of this woman, you know, just really stressed and this unimaginable tragedy. It just, it's unthinkable to go through this drought. And by the way, if you remember last week, she, she was thinking she was gonna die. In fact, the verses last week we shared, uh, Elijah asked for her to make her some cake and she said, look, I don't have any cake. All I have is a, a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. And Elijah said, yeah, go ahead and, and make me a cake and then you, can, you and your son can have some. And she said, I, I was planning on dying with my son. That's how much of a drought there. And they had no resources. They hadn't eaten in a while. Her statement basically said, look, we were planning to die out of starvation. That was, I thought this is the way we were gonna go. But God miraculously kept filling up those jars. And here she is, but now her son dies. I'm sure she's frustrated. Would you be frustrated? Would you be angry? Would you be upset? So there's this unimaginable tragedy, but that, there's also this unimaginable miracle that happens. And in your scriptures, if you just keep reading the same passage, starting in verse 19, it says this, and, and he said to her, Elijah, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, oh my Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? I'll go back to this, but even Elijah didn't know what was going on. Prophets didn't have knowledge like God. They didn't see the whole picture. So even he was confused. And he stretched himself on, on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, oh Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he was revived. And Elijah took the child, brought him down from the upper room into the house, gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. Then the woman said, the woman said, boom. No, she didn't. She said, Elijah, now by this, I know that you're a man of God and that this is the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? You guys aren't excited enough. That is amazing. Wow. I mean, Elijah lays down on the kid three times. You know, as I was thinking about this message and this point, uh, let me just say this. Elijah, a lot of times we look at prophets like this in the Old Testament. And look, they were, Elijah was a, a phenomenal man of God, great man of God. And I want you to know that even the prophets, Elijah himself, says this in the New Testament, says this in the Gospels, they desire to have what you have. It says in the New Testament that even the prophets cried and screamed out to have the covenant that you have, that the Holy Spirit lives in you. You know what? In their day, in Elijah's day, David's day, Solomon's day, all of them in the Old Testament, the Spirit would come and go, come and go. In fact, David said, don't take the Spirit from me. Pleaded to God that he would, look, you don't know how blessed you are, that the Holy Spirit lives in you day in and day out. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Every day you have the power of the living God living inside of you. Elijah wanted that so much for himself. So much for himself. So sometimes we look at stories like this and say, well, I can never be Elijah. Yes, you can. You can't be him as a person, but you have the same God that he prayed to, by the way. Elijah didn't raise that boy. God raised the boy. 
But Elijah had the faith to ask. Elijah had the faith to take the boy, take him upstairs. And I love that we have this piece in the Old Testament where Elijah says, God, what's going on? I love that Elijah said, look, God, what is happening? Have you brought me here to this widow? You've done this great miracle. Have you done all this just to kill her son? He didn't understand. Look, I just want to encourage you as believers, as followers, we're not always going to get it, but he does. He sees the whole story. We don't. And I'm thankful for that. God loves a relationship with you. Even if you don't show up to talk to God every day, he shows up every day. As a believer, as a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit is in the inside of you every single day, whether you show up or not. Whether you turn to God, whether you pray, whether you read your Bible, God is there every single moment, whether you're not. He loves to have a relationship with you. And Elijah, as he, I love that he prayed. He instantly went to God, even though he didn't understand. Listen, my, I'm going to tell you what my prayer for you is in a second, but I, I want to challenge you. Your faith is not determined by the good things God is doing. Please don't walk through life and say, oh, when things are good, then God is good. And then when you're in the tank, when you're in the pit, you're saying, God, where are you? And you're mad at God. Listen, that's not faith. That's you trying to be God, telling God what to do. And that's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. Look, God can do anything he wants, anything he wills, at any time, and and honestly, in any way he wants. It makes no sense that this son just got up. The only thing that makes sense is God gave it back to him. God sent his spirit and sent his soul back to him. That's why he got up. There's nothing powerful in Elijah's hands, nothing powerful about him laying on him three times. It was just God choosing and instantly, amazingly healing this boy. I can't tell you and you can't tell me how it all works. But what I can tell you is God loves to have a relationship with you. He loves to hear you talk to him and he loves for you to ask. A lot of people will say, well, I've never seen a miracle in my life. Have you ever asked? Have you asked? Elijah had to ask. He had to go to the Lord. My prayer for you and my my prayer for me is this. And it's so important is God, give us the faith of Elijah. Would you have that kind of faith? Would you? I mean, I think the oil and the, and the flour would, you know, definitely elevate your faith, wouldn't it? But then to walk in that morning and the boy be dead, what would you do? What would you do? I want to have that same faith. I want the spirit of God to be that alive in me to say, give me the boy. Give me the boy. Walk upstairs and talk to God about it. And I love that Elijah's prayer was very pointed and simple. It wasn't a 20-point sermon on, God, how you have to heal this boy. It was simply, God, I don't understand. Have you brought me here for this reason? I don't get it, but God, can you bring the soul back to this boy? Very simple, wasn't it? God, heal the boy. 
There's nothing wrong with knowing scripture and quoting scripture. What I'm saying is you don't have to win an argument with God by quoting his own word to him. Having a relationship with Jesus is beautiful. When you know who he is, it's beautiful. When you understand that he's a God who loves and cares, it's beautiful. We don't get to dictate how God does things and what he does. But when you understand who he is, when your relationship is, is found in the scriptures, you understand that he's a God that loves, that he's a God that cares, that there's gonna be situations and circumstances in your life that you and I just don't understand. We don't get it. But we can go to him and we can talk to him. This is why Sunday mornings is so important. The scriptures say, don't negate meeting together. Now I know there's an online crowd and I love the online crowd. There is something about when our faith comes together. You have a faith and I have a faith. Your measure's different than my measure. Maybe it's greater than my measure. Maybe my measure's smaller than yours or yours is smaller. It doesn't matter. You keep following after God. What does the scripture say? You can look through this whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, whatever book you wanna look at. Every time God says, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Whose heart is calling for me, he'll find me. You search me, you find me. You'll seek me, you'll find me. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. He's never changed. He's never, you keep searching after God. I don't care where your faith is at. You keep going after him. And I wanna have the faith and I want you to have the faith of Elijah. When we're in the middle of a moment, Look, every circumstance is different. Every relationship's different. Every person's different. You're not gonna be in the same person with the same widow, with the same son, because they're not on earth anymore. But what would you do? It doesn't matter what the situation is. What would you do? We're called to be a light. We're called to be a witness. We're called to be the ambassadors of heaven. We're called to bring heaven to earth. And God chooses you, the church, me, the church, not the building, people. He calls us to do it. So if we're not gonna ask, who's gonna do it? Who's gonna ask? Who, the enemy, the devil? No, 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 he's just provoking the enemy. He's just provoking the Lord. And by the way, he'll be taken care of. Amen. God chooses to use you unimaginable miracles. Look, they can happen through you, but we've got to have the faith to say, God, give me the son. Give me the son. And I promise you the widow was frantic and upset and probably saying things that was very upsetting. You would too, wouldn't you? But we've got to be men and women after God that says, look, I'm just going to go talk to him. I'm going to go talk to the Lord. Just give me your son. Let me go talk. How many of you know when he came down those stairs with that son in her hand? How many of you know that, that widow was, her demeanor changed? She wasn't like, oh, she was jumping. She was happy. You would be too. That oil miracle, that flower miracle, it was great. But that, that was, wow, 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 wow. By the way, you know who the wow is? It wasn't Elijah. Wow. But God needs Elijah's. God needs you. He needs me. He needs us to stand in the gap, to stand on his word. And look, it's not just about knowing scripture. It's about you have a relationship with God and we're just gonna live that out. There's gonna be some unexpected things because we don't know it all. 
But I'm so thankful we, do have, we know the one that knows it all. And we can go to him. So do not, do not. My prayers is that my faith, your faith, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is like Elijah's. And even greater so because the Spirit never leaves us. You can't walk into a situation on this planet without God. He's with you every single day. But please don't let your circumstances tell you how your relationship with God looks. It's a dangerous place to be. When it's good, God, I love you. When it's bad, I'm not going to church. Look, I understand we're human. I've been there too. Let's get to a place where we truly know God, where we truly have a relationship, where we know his heart. By the way, I hope you know this scripture. God is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. Listen, you're gonna live in a different circumstance, a different situation, a different job. We're gonna have a different president. We're gonna have a different culture at some time. Look, everything is gonna change around us all the time. But God doesn't change. He doesn't change. And if you let the culture and, the, and life and everything that's around you happening dictate your relationship, you're gonna be confused and lost. Isn't that what we're seeing? People are confused and they're lost. Look, and I'm not saying I don't love them and I don't care for them just because they're confused and lost. I was confused and lost too. And so were you, by the way. But Jesus wants to help. And Jesus loves every person. He died for the whole world. He died for every person. And the way he's gonna reach him is through you and through you and through me. So my prayer is, is that we have this faith and this relationship with the Holy Spirit, just like Elijah did. This last point is kind of weird. Two times and two times. Two times and two times, and I'll explain it. But Elisha was the prophet at the moment, but he had this kid, let's just say. He had this person that he was training named Elisha. And Elisha worked with Elijah, and they were really just, he was the mentor. But there came a time when Elijah, with a J, was getting ready to go. But he wasn't getting ready to go like all of us. He had a crazy leaving of earth. God literally sent down a chariot, picked him up, and took him. Man, that's how I want to go right there. Just chariot, chariot, Lambo, whatever. Just take me. Take me up. However you want to do that, God. But it would be powerful, right? God sent transportation, took him to heaven, and everybody. Well, Elisha saw it. It was powerful. It was beautiful. But right before it happened, Elisha and Elisha had a conversation. And First Kings, or Second Kings, I told you to turn to chapter four. This is, the conversation is found in chapter two, but just a couple pages back. Just move a couple pages back, all right? Chapter two, verse nine and 10, this is the conversation between them. Now, right before the conversation happens, Elisha put his staff in the water, split the water, walked through it, closed it up, and then they have a conversation. Now that's a meeting right there, isn't it? You ever been to a meeting like that? No, you haven't. But that would be awesome, wouldn't it? He stuck the staff and split the water across the sea, had a conversation with Elisha. This is what happened. When they came to the other side, Elisha said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share, two times, a double share of your spirit and become your successor. 
You've asked a difficult thing, Elisha replied. If you see me, listen to what he says. Here's the, uh, here's the connection. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you'll get your requests. But if not, then you won't. So if you see me taken into heaven, you'll get what you're asking. And by the way, Elisha wasn't asking to be double of Elijah. He was asking to have twice the spirit, twice the understanding of what Elijah was doing. Here's what he was really saying. I just want more of God. I'm asking for a double blessing. Twice, whatever God did in your life, I want double. And Elijah said, if you see me go up to heaven, you'll get it. God will meet your request. But it's, it's not, this is difficult. This isn't easy. It's not like he's, they're not related. It's not like his son. He's not passing on a, a, a generational blessing over his kid. This is, this is a mentor. He's mentoring Elisha to be the next prophet. And I, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to give you some homework. You go home and read it today. Elisha was there, and he saw Elisha go right up into heaven. And here's what's crazy. Two times, two times. Here's what's wild. Now, these weren't the same miracles, but Elisha began to perform miracles similar to Elijah. Different people, different situation, different circumstance, but God answered in a similar way. And you may be saying, well, how? You go read it later. I'll just give you the cliff notes. As soon as Elisha went up, Elisha went up to the water, put the staff in, what happened? It's parted. Do you think that meant something to him? Oh, you bet it did. Do you think there was power in the staff? I'll show you later. No, there wasn't. It was God working through people like you and me and Elisha. Just like his predecessor, Elijah, there was a widow, different widow, but a widow. And you guessed it, she didn't have any oil. You think you remember the story of his mentor, Elijah? You bet he did. A little bit different, right? Elijah, the woman, the widow said, I only have a handful of flour and a little bit of oil, and it just multiplied in the same jar. Elisha's told his widow, I want you to go to your neighbors. I want you to collect jars. And God miraculously filled up all those jars with oil. Remember, twice the blessing. Sure, it's a little bit different, but do you think it, it meant something to Elisha? Absolutely. In fact, when he crossed the water, the people looked at him and said, he has the spirit of Elisha. You want me to give you really something deep to swim? Jesus said Elijah was John the Baptist. There's prophecies all through the Old Testament that Elijah would come again. Jesus said, if you'll receive it, that's him. Matthew chapter 11, go home and read it, have some fun. So we're not waiting for Elijah to come again. Then Elisha meets this woman who's not a widow yet. We're going to share about her tomorrow or next week. Tomorrow, if you want to come tomorrow, you can come tomorrow. But next week, <laughs> we're going to talk about this woman that Elisha meets. Now, this woman wanted to have a baby, and she couldn't have a baby. Her husband was old. Sounds like a story we've heard before. But Elisha prophesies over her. She has a baby, has a son. Two times, two times, you guessed it. She has a son, and one day her son 
comes running up to her dad and says, my head hurts. Now I'm going to read this to you because, again, same God. He hasn't changed. Today, tomorrow, forever. Different story, different widow, different person. Now she's not a widow yet, but she will be a widow. This is what it says in 2 Kings chapter 4. I'll read it to you. And then I just want to close by speaking something over you in faith in just a minute. Verse 18 says, One day when her child was older, he went out to help his father who was working with the harvester. Suddenly he cried out, My head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, Carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap. But around noontime he died. She carried him up, laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can carry the man of God and come right back. Why go today, he asked. It's neither a new moon, festival, nor a Sabbath. But she said, it'll be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. And she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel. Elisha saw her in the distance and said to Gehazi, We'll learn about him next week as well. Look at the woman of Shishim who is coming. Run out, meet her, and ask her, is everything all right with you? Your husband and your child. Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him, caught hold of his feet. Gehazi be- began to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't receive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly. Listen to this. Lay the staff on the child's face. Remember, this is the same staff that split the water. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. There's a lot of parallels here to Jesus, right? Somebody asked Jesus to, to come home as well. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid his staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. Power's not in the staff. God can use his staff, but the power's not in the staff. There was no sign of life. He returned, met Elisha, and told him, this child is still dead. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, his hands on the child's hands, and he stretched out on him. The child's body began to grow warm again. This time the boy sneezed, I'm sorry, uh, went ahead. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once. Then he stretched himself out again on the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. God, God has a sense of humor. When I wake up, I sneeze a lot, so that's pretty good. <laughs> then Elisha summoned Elisha, or then, uh, yeah, Elisha summoned Gehazi, called the child's mother, he said, and when she came in before him, overwhelmed with gratitude, then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. Again, you think this woman was ecstatic to walk in and see her son alive? Absolutely. Absolutely. Two times, two times. Elisha raised a boy. Elisha raised a boy. And when I say they raised a boy, God raised him through him. Elisha asked for a double blessing. And God in his impeccable and unreal way 
even mirrored some of the miracles of his predecessor. And I'm sure that built up Elisha's faith. I'm sure that really meant a lot to Elisha. You know, if I can close with kind of really two thoughts as we get ready to head out this morning. I told you I'd speak something over faith with you, and I will for a second. But I want you to first know that you have an amazing Lord. We have an amazing Lord. I hope you can get to a place to really have a relationship with him that isn't, it doesn't move based on what's happening. Sure, you have questions. Sure, you might be upset. Sure, you might be angry. But look, you can read this. You can read about so many people in the scriptures. Look, they had situations just like you. They were frustrated too. But they talked to the Lord about it. They went to God about it. It didn't, uh, you know, they didn't walk away from the church and walk away from God because of a situation in life. They had a relationship with the Lord that, that they knew, look, I don't understand the situation. I don't like it. It's a little bit uncomfortable, but they would talk to God about it. They had a, a relationship that was close enough to talk to God about it. And maybe you're uncomfortable with prayer. Look, I understand praying to God can be a little bit different than talking to a human being. But let me tell you, the most powerful tool you have is prayer. The most powerful tool you have is having a relationship with the living God and having a conversation with him. And by the way, it's two-way. It's not God, answer my laundry list, then I'll worship you. It's getting to a place to realize that he's God and I'm not. And I'm gonna come to God and I'm gonna honor him, respect him, exalt him, elevate him. And I will talk to him about my concerns because he said, I wanna hear about your needs. I wanna hear about your concerns. He says to cast down your cares before him. He says all those things. But those things don't determine your relationship with him. Those things are because he loves you more than anything on the planet. In fact, you won't find or buy or download or see or watch or see anything that compares to the love Christ has not only for you, but for every person on the planet. He cares for you. He loves you. Of course he cares about what you're going through but just remember that he's God. I'm sure Elisha didn't show up in prayer the day before and say, okay, God, I'm gonna lay on the kid like this and put my mouth in his mouth and that's when you're gonna restore him. That's not what happened. It was just Elisha being real and having a conversation just like Elisha did, but he knew God. He had a relationship with God. He wasn't writing a doctoral thesis on how God was gonna heal the kid. He just said, God, heal this boy. Heal this boy. And he knew the God that he worshiped. He knew the God that he was talking to. Of course, he can do anything. I just want you to be okay with understanding that you worship an amazing Lord. Come with expectation. Yes, on Sundays you come in with expectation, but every time you meet with him and you talk to him, you come with expectation. Every time you come to, to sing, right? We're not just singing words. We're exalting him. We're praising him. We're thanking him because he saved you. He saved me. He removed your sins. He removed my, he deserves our worship. He deserves our respect. He deserves our honor. And look, you may come on Sunday and there, you may have cares, you may have needs, and you may come up and pray with people at the altar. That's great, but start by worshiping him. Start by giving him respect and all. Start by giving him your full attention because by the way, he may speak to you and answer in a way that you can't think. 
a lot of times these miracles, they're not planned out. You can't script them because the miracle maker is him. He's the one that tells you how it's going to work. The kid's sneezing seven times. You know seven's the number of the Lord. Of course seven's great. Look, it all works. It all connects. God understands all things. But you got to know that you have an amazing Lord and you worship an amazing God. I hope you're coming every Sunday expecting to hear from God to worship God, to, out, to exalt Him, to, to come to this place. Even if you're at home, I hope you're just not sitting at home, not expecting and getting distracted by it. I hope you come expecting to hear from God. Where You can worship God right there on your couch. Absolutely. There is so much power when we come together, church. He loves it when we dwell together in unity. In unity. And then let me just speak the second thing over you. God can impart blessings on you. Just like Elijah asked Elijah, said, I want double, double the spirit. I want, I want more of God. What God was doing in you, I want more of that. He wasn't saying, I want to be like you, Elijah. I want to be you two times. He was saying, I want more of the Spirit of God. I want more of what God has put inside of you. God can impart things in you. Look, I don't know who, we all have different stories, but I'm sure somebody impacted you. That's why you're here. Somebody shared their faith with you. There's somebody in your life that you look up to that really means a lot to you. And I don't know who that is, and it really doesn't matter, but I want you to think about what is it about that person that really impacted you? What is it? I can tell you I don't know what the it is or what the situation or circumstances, but I can tell you what impacted you is they showed you God's heart. You saw God through them. Maybe he was sharing in faith or he was praying healing over you, or maybe that person was just coming alongside of you, or maybe they were caring for your needs. It really doesn't matter. You got to see God's heart through that person and it meant, it meant the world to you. God touched you through them. You know, about 10, a little over 10 years ago, I left, um, well, in 2006, I left here to go to Dallas to plant a church. And long story, really short. And many of you have heard my story, but some of you are new. We planned this great church in Dallas, a mentor of mine that really helped me in ministry. We planned this great church, but he made some terrible decisions, got into some very immoral things, and the church fell apart. I can tell you emphatically, it was the worst time in my life and the biggest blessing all at the same time. There was a church that came alongside us, really helped Jen and I and the staff of the church really heal and come to a place of healing. And really, I grew my relationship with God so much in that moment. And it, and it was because of those people, but not because of those people. Those people were just showing me God's heart. What I needed in that moment, they were really just coming alongside of me and loving me and showing me who Christ is and how God loves. And that church ended up adopting us. Months later, they ended up adopting us as a church. Now, this wasn't what I thought and the staff thought. We didn't plan for these things. We weren't praying for that. It was something God did and it was so beautiful. So beautiful. And that's how I met my pastor, Robert Morris. And that's how I got to meet him. But let me just tell you something. And that's who I look up to. I look up to Robert and Jimmy. They're just really great, great mentors. But let me just tell you something. Never have I ever prayed, God, I want you to do that in my life. Or God, you know, 
what happened here? Could you do that in me? I, I just, I never had that prayer. I never had that. And now I've read this verse before. I just had never thought to ask something like that. And here I am. We came back in 2011, a little over 10 years later, and we've adopted two churches along the way. And it was beautiful and it was actually, God ordained, it was, it was really just amazing. But that's God. God can impart blessings in you that you learn from somebody else and you may not even know it. Double the blessing, that's what I'm praying for you. I don't know who that person is for you, but I want you to think about it. Probably, maybe even God's already done it in your life. What they imparted into you, how they shared God's heart with you, you're now doing for somebody else or you have done it or you've done it many times. Maybe it's more than double for you. It's so beautiful to me. I, I've heard so many stories from many of you. This is how I met God. And, and honestly, for many of you, it came out of tremendous hurt, maybe addiction, maybe whatever it was. It really doesn't matter what the it was, but God met you and that hurts. And now you've been healed and now God's healed you and God showed you his heart and he showed you what he desires, plans to bless you and prosper you, not to harm you. He showed you all these great things and now you're not addicted anymore. You're helping those that are addicted. You're there helping those that are hurting. You're there giving what you received one day. Freely you've received, freely you can give. This is what God does. And I'm praying, I'm praying for all of you, myself and you online, that we receive a double blessing of whoever that impacted you. For Elisha, it was Elisha. You know the name, you know the person. But what I'm asking you is to start thinking about it. Let's not be a, a bunch of Christ followers that complain because we're not getting our way. Let's be a bunch of Christ followers that say, God, we want more of you. That's what Elisha was saying. We want more of you. So I want you to stand to your feet. I just want to pray. The same truth or the same faith that Elisha asked for, I want to pray it over you. If you're online, if you'll just stand to your feet and just bow your head, and all of you in the room, if you'll bow your head, Lord, I just thank you for this church. And it's okay if you can't stand. Look, it's not about the standing, it's about the heart. God, would you reveal to them who their Elisha is? Reveal to them who that person is? And I think they already know who it is, but God, I pray a double blessing of what they've received. Whoever that was, the time, the investment, the care, the love, God, how they revealed your heart to them. Lord, I pray that each person here would walk out of this place and Lord, maybe they're already doing it. Maybe they already recognize and realize and they're giving you all the glory and all the credit, but God, maybe they're here today and they didn't realize, God, that you wanna do more through them. Maybe even twice as much as the one that helped them. But God, it's you that's doing the work. It's you that's doing the miracle. It's gonna be you that uses them. It's gonna be you that leads people to Christ. It's gonna be you, but God help them realize that you're anointing them. You're blessing them. You're setting them apart for your kingdom work. And that's the way it's always been. You love, love, love the church. When I say church, you love your people, your people. These people right here in this room, these people watching online, Lord, a double blessing a double blessing. May your kingdom expand. And Lord, we don't want to take the credit for it either. Lord, it's you. We want a double blessing because we want your name to be great. God, you'll be great anyway, but we just want to keep elevating your name. Keep showing people how great you are. Keep showing people your heart. Keep
keep leading people to Christ. God, we're your ambassadors. We're the church. Heaven's going to come, or God, your word and your heart is going to come from heaven to earth, and you're going to come through us, the church. You're going to use the church. And so, Lord, I pray a double blessing over every person, every man, every woman, every child, every person online and in this room. God, use them for your kingdom, for your glory, for your honor, for your testimony. In Jesus' name, everyone said.